the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. As you know, for people who have been listening to the show for a while, each week I take a topic uh, and analyze it, put it on Dr. Carol's couch, and uh, help you to look behind the headlines, look behind things that are happening today, and try to get a deeper understanding of it so that we can all make decisions that give us more control of our increasingly out-of-control world. Now, something that's been bothering me over the last, um, I don't know, it seems like it's been going on for an eternity, but it's just, I guess, primarily the last couple of weeks, um, to the extent that I can't even watch it or listen to it uh, over the radio or television, and that is the Israeli tragedy, as I call it, the pullout from the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And um, watching the settlers become unsettled uh, for what I think is a is going to be one of the biggest mistakes in Israel's history, certainly, um, is it, just too upsetting. So I thought it would be good to uh, have on as a guest someone who is very knowledgeable about what has been going on in Israel, not just over the last few weeks, but uh, for years and years. Uh, her name is Arlene Peck. She is not only an expert on everything Israeli, but she is an international syndicated columnist. She's a TV talk show host, and she's a speaker. She's been um, elected to be one of the 100 best Jewish women, uh, and her cable TV talk show has just recently been selected as one of the top 25. More than that, uh, she can tell us she has an extensive history of uh, spending a lot of time in Israel, not only with the Israeli people, but also interviewing for her uh, columns uh, and socializing with several of Israel's luminaries. So I think um, I'm glad to have you on the show, Arlene. I thank you. It's my pleasure to be on. Because uh, perhaps you can shed some light on this um, that will help to wake people up all over the globe, although... Uh, Although it's a little late now, but well, it's, it's but, only it's only late for places like Paris, which has been turned over now to to the Islamic fundamentalists, to uh, places like Belgium, Holland. I mean, they are no more, and uh, we ought to wake up until it happens here because it's 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 well on the way right now. Uh, what what is happening now in in uh, Gaza is something I'm saying that has been fermenting. Israel has known, you know, what they've had to face for for you know, decades now, because the schools have been teaching, you know, hate and hostility and kill and jihad, 
and uh, the rest of the world just didn't want to see it. They, you know, they when, say, you say oh, this, when you say the schools, you mean... They, 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 there's all the schools, you know, from when Arafat, you know, had the schools. I wish you could see some of the videos that I see of how the little children are taught, hate, kill, behind every tree, behind every bush. If you see a Jew, kill them. Uh, you're not talking about... Are you talking about... The, Arab, the, the Islamic schools, you know, the fun... The Islamic the, schools in Israel. Yes, I mean, you know, where they, where they were teaching in Gaza, this is what the kids were learning is, is you know, kill, kill, kill. You, I would see them and, and uh, I have videos that are just, they're, they're shocking, I mean, but this is true. You know, they, they show uh, little children, five, six years old, marching around with their little guns and, and uh, fake uh, bombs taped around them. Uh, when they have plays, when they would be, you know... Uh, third, fourth grade plays instead of having little plays like we have here in Sesame Street and things like that. Even their Sesame Street has, has with kill, jihad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have the children with their, you know, with their mothers cheering and you know, them marching around with, with uh, fake suicide bombs. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a mentality that is so dysfunctional at this point. Okay, well, let's start, let's start back a little ways. Okay. When things weren't quite as bad as they are today, um, and when... You, Starting back, I don't know how many years we're going back, but to the first years that you spent uh, visiting Israel. Well, I have lived in Israel Israel at this point. I've been there 26 times. And I was there in June of 82 when they had, uh, you know, the the, uh, war. And I was there for five weeks in the Lebanon. And people seem to forget that Israel, uh, you know, they talk about an occupation. Israel was in a defensive mode. Israel, you know, had to defend itself against five wars, five that, uh, you know, was forced upon them. You know, they didn't say, if you want to go out and make it a greater Israel, like Syria's done and, you know, places like that. They said, don't come in. We don't want war. And the Arabs, you know, came in, and each time they lost a little bit more. I don't know of any other country, you know, where after they've, they've been defeated in a war that was aggressed upon them, you know, that they would be say, well, okay, guys, we were just kidding. You know, here, take it back. Uh, the people, I remember when I was there, I'm talking, oh, you know, not that many years ago, before Arafat, you know, turned up. Because Arafat, you know, whether people realize it or not, was really the father of terrorism. And, I mean, I think I think the Bin Lans, you know, studied at his feet. But, uh, you know, people forget how he came to the United Nations, you know, with the guns, you know, strapped on his, on his hip. But uh, Arafat, who incidentally, uh, you know, took between, I think it was somewhere between 8 and $11 billion of our tax money, is, is, you know, is sitting in Shua Arafat's shopping uh, uh, bag there in Paris today. And wait. the same thing with the bomb. Wait, 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 wait. Who is sitting in Paris? Uh, Shua Arafat, Arafat's, you know, the, uh, wife. His wife is now yeah. in Paris. Of with, course. With I mean, she's, she's getting now, when he died, don't you remember that, that week he was dying? Was, it was, like, almost comical. Uh, you know, because there, there was like weekend at, uh, was it weekend at Bernie's, you know, where they were running him from place to place. He's dead, he's not dead, maybe he's dead, maybe he's gonna die, because they had to get the secret bank accounts. And Abbas and, you know, the rest of them, you know, were running over there. And they promised her, I think it was something like she's getting 22 million a year stipend, you know, I'm, this is, I mean, she did better than, uh, Anna Nicole. <laughs> and so she, she's I think getting she, that from who? From, from, uh, her, her, uh, you know, to release the keys, I think it was, to the hidden bank accounts. I mean, all this money that has been going in to the poor Palestinians all these years never got to them. They didn't have the school. I mean, they didn't have the, the infrastructure of, a, of a, a city. It was it was all done with There's so much corruption in the PLO, and it's going to continue. 
It's, it's total corruption. And so Abbas was, was one of his lieutenants for 25 years. You think it's going to be any different with him? No. It's just Abbas is Arafat in a suit. Mm-hmm. I was there, but I do remember before, you know, before uh, when Barack came in, and uh, Barack offered, I think it was something like 97%. It was like a wish list that Arafat threw, you know, and and uh, he surprised everyone. They were shocked. And I, I'm thinking, I can't believe this man, you know, is, is, is this serious because he, he gave 97% of what Arafat was asking for. He said, you want seaports, you want airports, whatever it is, you know, you know, here, come. Even part of Jerusalem, we'll give you the world. But it wasn't 100%, which was what Arafat wanted. And so he walked away. Didn't he come back with a counteroffer? Now, at that point, you know, it should have shown the world that the only thing that they want over there is, is the demise of Israel and the control of our world as we know it. The West is the big Satan. Israel is the little Satan. Okay. And how, how have you seen things over the years since 82? How have you think, seen things change? In Israel, and that led us to this point. Well, I mean, there was there was at a point. I'm just saying before. I think you know before it, it, it did another 50 years of the schools teaching. You know, the piece that we you know we have this elusive piece we talk about because right now everything that the schools aren't teaching reading and writing and arithmetic. They're teaching hate and hostility and kill. So it, you know, but I remember years ago when the workforce, you know, were coming in from Gaza. And there were 100, I think it was 120,000 of them, somewhere around 120,000, whatever. You know, and, and that was the workforce in Israel. And, you know, in building the, you know, the, uh, the businesses and the, and the homes and things. Well, when, when Arafat walked away and turned up the flame of terrorism because he didn't get 100% of what he wanted, uh, they started to sabotage. I mean, they would do things, you know, say in the building industry, they would, uh, Urinate in the air conditioning system, so they would they would use rotten eggs in the mortar, you know, things to you know to destroy whatever it is they were supposed to be building. And so Israel, you know, after a while, Israel said we can't do this. So they started hiring help from Romania and Taiwan, you know, and, and other help, Uganda, other help came in to replace them. And of course, the United Nations had when they, well, you know the usual uh, protest. I mean, I think I forgot what the percentage is, but it's, it's incredible of how many percentages of, of special meetings you know, the United Nations has against Israel. I wish I might look at the map and see how big Israel is. I mean, it's like a sliver on the map surrounded by 22 hostile Arab nations. And, uh, you know, but they go on how they need the land. They don't need Okay, the but land. so, wait, just to, so are, do you think the part of the problem then mm-hmm. was the Israelis um, sort of, because they wanted the Arab, the Palestinians to be workers in. in oh no, Israel. no, no! I just, I think the problem is they cannot have Israel because once. Well, I know, but I mean, how the, how it is like why it is that one of the things that boggled my mind when I was in Israel was just how many Arabs at that time there were, how much already Arabs had infiltrated Israel when these were supposed to be the enemies, and. Um, uh, how Israel had allowed itself to become vulnerable in this way. Now, you know, what I'm trying to figure out is, I mean, are you saying that that's because of, of the workers, because of wanting people to come in? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm saying, we, you know, it's like, have you ever noticed every time that, uh, you know, our, our, our government, our state, and our state department is very Arabist, very Arabist. Uh, and uh, every time 
they have it's always pushing Israel. You know, open the jails. You know, Israel will will uh, you know get a terrorist one at a time, and then and then you know Bush will come out and say, no, we have to have a goodwill gesture. Let's open up the jails right. and let you know five thousand of them out. Right. And these are murderers. I mean, you know, but but we have done this time and time again. Every time Israel seems to, you know, have a have a uh, a prisoner, you know, or something like that, it's like no, we have to have an exchange. Israel is always the one that has to show the goodwill. It's always Israel that that even now. I mean, to me, I'm sitting here astounded that these people, and I have been there. I, I, as I said, I, I've been there so many times. These these brave people. Uh, you know, they, they refer to as settlers. They're residents. These are people. These are their homes. Yes, I was there too. Years. When I was when I was there, I, I, maybe that's why it's so hard for me to see this now on television. See them being yanked literally from their homes. It wasn't. It's not like they were intense. No, <laughs> these no, were real communities. And, and you know what's, what's amazing? You see, it's like, and, and I was in Yamit when Israel did that too. I was there back in you know back at the Camp David. We're talking about that 76 guys been a long time. I was there that day also when Israel gave back its only oil wells. You know, All right, well, let's, we do need to take a break. I don't know if yeah. you can hear the music, but <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of telling us to be quiet so that, uh, so that we can take a break. But we'll come back and okay. talk more about this. My guest today is Arlene Peck. We're talking about um, the Israeli tragedy, having to leave the lands, making them unsettled now, a very unsettling time for everybody. My guest uh, and I will be back after this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Trader's Coach, Robin Day, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Trader's Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. 
Hello, this is Rory Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet talk radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Arlene Peck. We're talking about the Israeli tragedy, the removal of the settlers from Gaza and the West Bank, Arlene is an insider as to what goes on in Israel. She's also an internationally syndicated columnist, a TV talk show host, and a speaker, and she's been chosen as one of the 100 best Jewish women. I don't know what, what do you have to do to be chosen to <laughs> make good chicken soup or what? <laughs> I don't know, but I, was, I told Gloria Allred, I said, hey, I'm in there with you and Judge uh, Ginsburg. Something right. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Okay, so getting back to um, trying to understand exactly what what brought us to this day of uh, of tragedy, where people are being, you know, it's. I mean, I remember being in Sunday school at Temple and learning about all the pogroms and all the different countries and times when Jewish people were were. <laughs> where the exact same thing kind of happened, although I guess in most cases the Jewish people were also killed. At least that isn't happening yet. But where Jewish people were forcibly removed from various places, and it's just so shocking to see the same kind of... understand, this is, this is a culture that is, that is based on world domination. And Wait, okay, be, car- be, be clear. When you're uh, talking when about I this say, is a culture, I, what culture? The, the Islamic Okay. Fundamentalists, of which you, you you know they say it's a small group. Well, let me tell you, folks, you have 1.3 billion people. 1.3 billion. Now, out of that, can you show me? Forget the million man marches, because you'll see a million rampaging through the streets, you know, screaming and shouting with a fist up, jihad, jihad. Can you name me a 50 man march that are coming out and saying this is dysfunctional? Our culture, our, our religion doesn't believe in, you know, in, in beheadings and, and submission of women and everything. They can't say it because the whole, the whole culture is based on submission. And so once they get the Saturday people, of which, you know, this is where they've been, Israel has been the key because Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. You have, have Israel surrounded by 22 hostile nations. 22. You know, surrounding them. Look on the map, folks. You'll see what it was, wherever Israel is. And so it's it's like it's it's like a thorn in them because it's it's a working democracy. And as soon as they I said as soon as they go after the Saturday people, then the Sunday people are next. And this is why I really and I'm grateful for it, the fact that there's a lot of good Christians out there, you know, who have come now, you know, in support of Israel. And and people, you know, were believing that uh, George Bush was gonna be great for Israel and I was I had fear at that time because, you know, it's politics as usual. 
Well, yes, I was going to ask you about that. I, let me just read something uh, from your one of your recent articles. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, the evacuation buses aren't even out of the neighborhood, but there's Dr. Condi Rice at the State Department giving interviews to the New York Times saying, while I feel for the evacuated settlers, Israel will be expected to make further concessions that would ultimately lead to an independent Palestinian state. Everyone empathizes with what the Israelis are facing, but it cannot be Gaza only. You know, it, it, it can't be even Israel only because they're not going to be happy until they chop up Israel like a salami. Well, that's it's, right. But why, why is it that during the, what you just started to talk about, why is it that during the election, uh, the last presidential election, where a lot of people, you know, I, at least I heard some people say it seemed like they were representing a lot, thought that Bush was going to be good for Israel. And apparently, where did that go to? What happened to Bush? I mean, actually, I don't think it. I mean, what happened with that? With that thinking? Well, you know, they 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 believe what they wanted to believe because I never believed that from the first time I saw him. I never believed it either. I didn't know Saudi Prince and almost kissing him. You know, I I had these little twinges in the back of my hair stand up. Uh, It's the oral boys in action. So I mean, I, I never I never gave any credence to that, but. Uh, he's 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 treating Israel like it's a banana republic, and he you know and like Sharon is his lapdog. You know when when he sits yes, and snaps and, his finger, oh, jump. You know it's Sharon should and be how did, high. And how did that happen? Well, because we put we put such force on Israel, and you know what really makes me so sad is the people of Israel. There's so many Americans and so many. You know these are the people that were the survivors and their families. Of the Holocaust, you know. So you have. Yes. Uh, I did an upon there, which is where you have, you know, you go and you learn the language. And, and I lived there for for you know a, a while, and it was so amazing. I was sitting. It was so beautiful. I would sit there and see in this class how there were, uh, you know, maybe thirty five people from forty countries. You know, all and the only thing they had in common was learning, you know, the, the Hebrew as, as, as a working, you know, language, so they could understand each other. And uh, I see these people that have have. Uh, had such trust in the United States, hmm. and and uh, you know we come in there and we bulldoze them. And you know what's really ironic is the fact that while we're doing all this, because uh, there's there was absolutely nothing that the Arabs had to give. Did you notice that they were going to you know give up their arms? They were going to stop the violence? No, they don't do that. And in fact, what is really uh, I, I smile when I think about it now. Uh, not so long ago, they had you know the votes in the Hague and, and the United Nations, you know, deploring this this uh, security fence. I wish we had one here. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, because I mean, we have open borders. You know, it's coming right. in everybody. And uh, when Israel built the fence, it wasn't like the Berlin Wall where they were keeping people from going out. This was a security fence to keep terrorists from coming in. Right. And thank God, it seems to be working a little bit. Because since they, you know, they, since they've managed to get the fence through some of these, these, you know, danger areas, you know, you, they're not, you're not reading every day about the bus, like, like our boys now in Iraq. When I was in Beirut, these are not, these are not soldiers, you understand? These are, these are terrorists. And, and that's all they know is terrorism. And so we send our, our Marines and our soldiers and our good boys and young men over there, you know, to fight, to fight as men. But, but they're not fighting men. They're fighting, you know, a hidden terrorist that all they know how to do is bomb a, a school mm-hmm. or, or okay, a but, but, but getting back to Sharon, why yeah. do you think? I mean, he's not. He's obviously a smart man. I mean, what do you? This is one of the the things that I, I really don't understand. How could somebody 
what could be uh, what could he be thinking? How could he be so um, uh, charmed? Or what is it that he's you not know, seeing? How is he able to believe that he should go along this path? What has Bush <laughs> been able to tell him? Or what what is this man you know, thinking? Maybe you should read my column if you go on the internet and click on Arlene Peck. You'll see a lot of columns. But one of them I wrote was, you know, maybe they should be tested for dementia. He and he and uh, Perez, because Perez, you know, who I've met many times, if you go on the Internet, you'll see pictures all over the place with me and I. Uh, personally, he was a charming man. Professionally, you know, militarily, uh, he was, politically, he was one of the biggest dangers that ever happened to Israel. And so, you know, who knows what's in their, you know, what's in their thoughts. But my personal feeling, what is going to happen now, you know, this, this, this Gaza pullout, uh, and as I said, they, these, these weren't uh, shacks and things like that. These were beautiful cities that Israel built over 40 years. They put how, how, you know, hot houses and growing things all over. I mean, you know, they come in and they make it beautiful. Uh, and it's going to be interesting now because now that they're out of there, and I saw what happened, you know, you, know, you meet, they come in, I'm saying the Arabs are going to come in now, and they are going to make Gaza, it's going to be like a world, as far as, you know, my belief, is going to be a world terrorist center now because before at least there was a little bit of, you know, they had to smuggle their arms in, you know, in tunnels underneath Egypt. Now, hey, it's going to be open season. You've got a seaport. You've got a, uh, you know, an airport. Hey, you can get the real heavy artillery in there. And and it's going to be a major, ta- you know, terrorist city. And it's going to be, I think the world is going to so regret this Pandora's box, you know, that, that Bush has, has opened. Because well, you would even think, you have to even wonder, um, I mean, I am not, as people who have listened to this show, um, especially during the election, know, um, I am not Bush's fan, uh, regardless of what the rumors were that he might be good for Israel. Um, I think it's been one destructive thing that he has been doing to this country ever since he started as president, I mean, the first time. You know, what's so funny is I didn't start out, uh, you know, as a Bush hater or a Kerry hater. I, I, I frankly didn't like either one of them. <laughs> well, mean, but what I'm, what I'm thinking is yeah. what could he be thinking since he's, you know, um, concerned, presumably, about uh, protecting America from terrorism. And if there is going to be this now, this state where they do have seaports and airports and all of that, it obviously is not going to be good for America either. But, but don't you understand what happens now is we, we don't get it. We have uh, a 21st century mind. We are dealing with a 7th century mind, you know, that, that this is it. Jihad, kill, cut our heads, you know, smite them. So we will go over there in our, our, our money suits, clutching our Wharton School diplomas or our Harvard diplomas, you know, with ballet shoes getting off a first-class plane, and they will go into a cave, a cave. Talking to a warlord. Now, is this a, a 21st century word, a warlord? But this is taken for granted. And they'll sit there next to somebody, you know, wearing a dirty, dirty tablecloth on his head and eating dindin, you know, roadkill for dindin, and talking jihad. And this is what they're, this is what they think they can negotiate with. You don't, they don't, we don't understand, we don't understand the mentality that we're dealing with. It's a totally different, you know, apples and oranges. And it was the same thing with the people of Holland. They came, the people, people of Holland were lovely people. You know, and, and, and London. I mean, look what ha- is happening all over the world now. Yes. And they came in there with welcome. You know, you're our brothers, you're our friends. And all of a sudden now, uh, Holland is no more. The same thing with Paris. They're going to be wearing burkas in Paris, you know, when, when you go. They are. Yeah. What am I saying? They're I going have, to. I have seen the difference over the years because um, 
of living in Belgium and, and, and Paris. And, oh, you and live in Belgium. So you, you know exactly what right. I'm the, the Jewish people tell me they can't even walk outside wearing a Jewish star on their neck or, or you know, anything that, that their schools are being bombed. And it, it's, it's like pre-Nazi Germany over there now. Europe has changed tremendously, and it's very sad. Okay, we'll continue with this. Um, when we come back, we have to take a break. We're talking my, with my guest, Arlene Peck. She is uh, an international syndicated columnist and an expert on what is going on in Israel. I want to talk about Netanyahu when we come back, too. That's at least one bright spot that we can talk about. Um, I, I lost my train of thought. This is something that I think is just so overwhelming, this whole thing. You kind of just wonder why isn't anybody, why is it just us talking on the radio? Why isn't somebody telling this to uh Sharon and Bush, and, you know, it's just really sad. Anyway, we will come back. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust-busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for crust-busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. 
business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking with Arlene Peck, who is not only an internationally syndicated columnist and TV talk show host, but um, one of the 100 best Jewish women and someone who has spent a lot of time in Israel. We're talking today about the tragedy that uh, is going on with the dismantling of the settlements in Israel in regard to the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and why it is that... um, Politicians in, in the United States, notably President Bush, and in Israel, uh, Sharon and Perez can't see this for the obvious tragedy, Pandora's box, um, gateway to increased terrorism, not only in Israel but all over the world, that it is, not to mention the uh, travesty and betrayal for the Jewish people who have been living in these lands for all these years. So, um, before the break, I started to mention something about Netanyahu, and during the break, you were telling me about how you had interviewed him 25 years ago. Oh, but um, yeah, he, he, I was at least pleased to, to see that he resigned um, when Sharon decided to uh, make the Jews leave the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. At least that was taking a stand um, that I thought was... Except I, brave I think it's to, set, to make a stand for his, his re-election and to, to uh, replace Jerome. I think it's a bit uh, too little too late, too. Because well, maybe, maybe that is, but, you know, that wouldn't be a bad thing if it happened. Well, I mean, compared to what they've had, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sharon uh, Netanyahu happens to be uh, one of the most articulate and brilliant men. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's the kind that should be out on the television because Israel has never had any good PR. And he should be the one that's, you know, going around doing all these, these talk shows and, and, uh. He should uh, be on know. Oprah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, no, you're totally right. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, I've seen him on the news and he is very eloquent. Now, also, you, you have been in touch with him beyond 25 years ago, I presume. Yeah, I, I've met him on a couple of occasions. I, as I say, I interviewed him 25 years ago and I wrote, but I wrote a column, which is interesting, 30 years ago maybe even. And I wrote an article and I said, uh, this man will be pre- will be prime minister one day. <laughs> this is before he was, you know, like he was just, uh, you know, a minor official there or mm-hmm. something. Uh, you know, you just, you know, you know, some people are destined. Uh, it's just um, my my feeling is is the world has been they they couldn't decide who they hated more. You know, I'm just saying because there's been so much Jew hating, and it it really it really saddens me to say this, but I have seen it over and over and over in the United Nations. Which has been so uh, hostile to Israel, and and uh, you know even the United, even the Red Cross, just yes. as an aside, won't let Israel in. Did you know yes. that? Yes, I do know that. And, and so uh, people say, oh, the wonderful Red Cross. Well, then why are all the Arab? There's a hundred. I think it's a hundred and what eighty nine. I don't know my figures exactly, but Israel is the only country that's kept out. Did you know that in the United Nations, they can't get in the, in the Security uh, Council and. Uh, you know, I wish people would look more to the, you know, to the real history of the time because what Israel has had to contend with all these years, uh, you know, with the, with the hostility from the rest of the world, and now it's, it's coming back to bite us because uh, we are seeing that it's a, 
uh, you know, what goes around comes around kind of thing. And now we are starting to face this this uh, uh, Islamic terrorism and, and, and fear that they're, they're gripping the rest of the world. It's a world war. It's, it's nothing to do with Israel. People think it's, you know, Israel and the Palestinians. First of all, there was never a Palestine. Uh, you know, if you have a, to be a, you know, Israel was there way before, and the, and the D goes back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I tell you where they came from. I, I'm, I'm not sure how many of you are even familiar. I think it's, oh, I don't know, something like 87% or something like that. It's way up there in the 80s. Uh, that came from Jordan. You familiar with that? You know, they, they, these so-called Palestinians came from Jordan. Uh-huh. And when Hussein's grandfather kicked them out back in, what was it, Black September, what was it, in the 70s? Uh, anyhow, when when they left, uh, they you know they they were displaced. My personal feeling is, even if you remember, and I, I I don't I don't have my exact figures there, but wasn't it about a million? How many people left during the Gulf War when the Saudis kicked them out? The Palestinians remember that? No. <laughs> well, they did. I mean, it was it was you know maybe a you know a million can go out of any other country except you know when it when it comes to. Israel. Israel can't even, you know, deport five terrorists without being United mm-hmm. Nations, you know, uh, security Coming council meeting. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and my my feeling is um, when you talk about transfer, Israel belongs to the Jews. It's a Jewish country. If you look at the map, it is a sliver. You know, as I said, surrounded by twenty two huge hostile Arab lands with oil, with everything. And so, you know, I'm thinking this this could be a good solution. Is that Jordan? And I've been to Jordan a few times, several times. Uh, Jordan is a very poor country, and, it, and it's you know it, it's got plenty of vacant land over there. That uh, I think if all these billions that we are giving, what do they think now? I just read recently was it three billion a year now to these Palestinians again for the next three years? Hmm. It's already eight to eleven billion that they've got that nobody's ever seen to get them out of these wretched camps, which their brothers put. Israel had nothing to do with all these, uh, you know. Refugee camps, it's their Arab brothers put them in there, and they wouldn't even let them get out because it's been a great PR. You know, look at look at our poor brothers mm-hmm. in refugee camps. So it would be interesting to see, you know, to see now what they're going to do. But if they really, really want to do something, I'm saying that was positive. I was in a, a place called Brasilia years ago. You think it was Brasilia? It's, it's, no. It may even be the capital of Brazil. I don't know. But it was, it was a city that Rio had gotten so overcrowded, they built a city called Brasilia. And people said, oh, no one's going to go. Well, not only did they go, but it was, they made a beautiful city, you know, with the, the commercial areas and the theater districts and, you know, the industrial, and they made a city called Brasilia. And today it's a thriving, busy city. In Brazil. Well, it's a, say, pardon? In Brazil. In Brazil, yeah. So what would be so wrong, I'm saying, when you talk about transfer, to have the, the Arabs, the Palestinians, who come from Jordan. They don't come from uh-huh. Israel. The Palestinians, that come from Jordan. They go back. Not only go back. Yeah, but go back, I'm saying, in such a way with all those billions that we are giving to a corrupt PLO government. Instead of that, why don't we take, say, the American, you know, our, our American uh, products, you know, in, in industry, our, our um, Israeli know-how, because, you know, for... For uh, being what three percent of the population, or point three, you know, they're, they're what many many percentages of the Nobel prizes. So taking some of that that know-how yeah. and building, and 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 also, uh, you know, having them give allegiance to the King of Israel for maybe not Israel of Jordan, you know, for maybe forty years or something, 
and have the workers, instead of these Arabs sitting there burning tires all day and smoking the, that laughing water, put them back to work yeah. in building their own Palestine yes. in Jordan, where they that, came from. That sounds like a good idea. Although, <laughs> although then that would, <laughs> well, that is a good idea. Have you, uh, have you been writing about that? Well, I actually have a column somewhere on the internet called Transfer Isn't the Bad, you know, the, the, the bad where it used to be. Yes, it's not very politically correct, of course. And I think what's going to happen now, I said, well, this is it. We're so damn politically correct, and none of them are politically correct. They're right. going to kill us, period. Right. Well, you know, and when you think about all this money that the United States is giving to the, I mean, that in itself, the idea of giving billions of dollars to people who are terrorists, who we should have been woken up to after 9-11, is so pretty called. absurd in itself. Yes, exactly. And, and I'm saying, we, but, you know, if we, if we started using that money you know, for for it, for good, we are so politically right. correct that that we're going to destroy ourselves. I mean, there's so many there's so many issues. I have a friend of mine. She went back to uh, Durban, Michigan. That she came from there, and she went to high school there. And she said, "Oh my God, what's happened to her? You know, her high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had they turned out everywhere there was a church. You know, they they tear down the church and put up the mosque. And and now I mean it's it's you know she said they're wearing burqas in school you know with, I mean Durban Michigan now is an Islamic or a Muslim you know city yes and, and uh, little by little this is ha- in Nashville they had a major thing that happened with Dell uh, that Dell gave in because they they didn't allow them five times a day to pray you know on company time hmm. and uh, Car C A I R which is like their their answer to the ACLU. Yes, actually I had them um, representatives from that uh, organization on my show a few weeks ago. Well, they're Talking. dangerous to me. They're, 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 they're a terrorist organization as far as I'm concerned. And they, they, uh, they sued Dell. Huh. And they, 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 anyhow, Dell backed down. I think it was something like 30, 35 of these, these workers, you know, left, you know, because they couldn't get their prey time on company time. You know, once you're opening up this Pandora's box, uh, you know, of the prayer in the school, you know, and the prayers in the workplace. <laughs> well, what's kind of ironic is that there are these, there are some people who want to try to get, uh, any mention of God or prayer or anything like that out of, um, out of schools, certainly that's been happening and, and, uh, uh, trying to get it, the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses and all of that. <laughs> it seems like at the same time that there's this movement by a certain number of people, there's a movement to get more Islamic <laughs> religion and, and, yeah. into things. So we're not going to be having the Ten Commandments, we're going to be having the Quran instead. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm laughing, but this is, I mean, sometimes you have to laugh because this is all, because this is all so scary and tragic and, and you know, we have to wake up to it at least, you know, um, laughing and then doing something about it. It's really not a laughing matter. Well, you know, matter. have you noticed, though, the past... Uh, you know, a year or so, or since 9-11, which, we, which is our wake-up call. Right. And that was just the beginning. Uh, the, the, the radio used to be full of, of um, you know, the poor part of the Palestinians, the Canton Jews and Arabs get together, and they just have to negotiate. And we have to give more of that land. You let them have with, you know, their mm-hmm. country and all this from the occupiers. You don't hear that so much in the radio because people are starting to see, you know, whether, whether they're hearing it from our politicians, and Lord knows... Uh, I sure wouldn't believe what you read in the newspapers, folks, because I, I, I'm, I'm a columnist, so I can say my opinion. I, 
forward. I have been over CNN, the BBC. They are the worst. Oh, I think we probably need to uh, take this break. <laughs> and we can continue with this when we come back. We're talking today with my guest, Arlene Peck. We're uh, listening to an insider's view of the Israeli tragedy. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. When we come back, we'll continue with this um, very unsettling story about settlers having to leave Israel. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is voiceamerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, today we're talking about the Israeli tragedy, the unsettling of the settlements in Gaza and the West Bank. And my guest is Arlene Peck. Um, at the end of the show, which is coming up all too soon, um, I'm going to give out uh, Arlene's uh, web- website and her email address as well as my own because I know there are a lot of people who are listening to this who, you know, we're not talking very politically correctly. Um, but that's, I don't really apologize for that because the world is burning while everyone is trying to be politically correct. 
Uh, but if you have some comments that you would like to make and you haven't called in, then you'll be able to email either one of us. Um, okay, let's continue where we were. I mean, there's so much to this. We could talk for hours on this. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, because I hadn't realized, uh, hadn't heard about this until I read about it in your column. Um, let's see, you were talking about, this week I watched with a, bro- a breaking heart and all too familiar the scene from when I was in Yamid as a journalist as the Jewish residents of Ga- Gaza and the surrounding area were forcibly removed from their homes. These repugnant images were suddenly replaced by a breaking news screen informing me that the United Nations had been exposed for anti-Israeli activity once again. This time they had been caught donating to terrorist organizations in an underhanded plot aimed at assisting PLO efforts to regain Gaza and continue on to the West Bank. Well, what a surprise. East Jerusalem. What, the nine billion over three years wasn't enough? Okay. What, tell us about the, this, um, plot. Well, you know, I almost know almost what I, what I saw in the breaking news, but it's, it's, uh, so known that the United Nations is, is, is a, you know, a, a goggle up in there of, of anti-Israel sentiment. It's, it's so many people are represented in there who are, uh, you know, the, the Islamic fundamentalists are strong, baby, and, and it's, it's, you know, getting bigger. But and, how were they able to, um, donate this money until it's... Charities. I mean, how how is uh, how are they able to take how many billions of money out, uh, you know, for the oil for food program? I mean, this is this is okay. But that. why why wasn't America paying more attention to? I mean, here we supposedly since nine eleven or soon after uh, started this watch uh, to make sure that various monies, banks, businesses, etc., weren't being funneled in America to terrorist organizations, why is it, with the United Nations being technically on our soil, why wasn't there more of a watch as to where the money was going from that? Well, I think it's a very good question you're bringing up. I think that's something that we all ought to be writing to our officials and our State Department and watching who we're putting in for I mean, it's it's uh, it's our, our, not fault, but we have to be aware of what's going on and start fighting it. And start start doing just what you're doing, uh, Dr. Liebman. I mean, you have to you have to let the people be aware and start you know start. Uh, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Right, right. And, and you know, and, well, I said we have 1.3 billion people in a culture. That is a lot of people. And I keep hearing about oh, it's so peaceful. And I and I'm saying, show me the 50 man march. You don't see any of them. I mean, I, you know, there's a, Wally Shubat was on my show. I remember him. He's a former terrorist that is now, you know, I, I saw him. Yes, he, I had he, him on my show, too. Right. And, you know, the, but, but the people like him. And, and he's and wonderful, but he's not making a loud enough noise. I mean, we need to, uh, we need to. Well, he's one out of 1.3 billion, right. I'm trying to say. You, right, you right. Don't have, you don't have these, these, uh, these mosques with and say, this doesn't represent us and everything else. But right. then they don't get specifically who don't you know who doesn't represent you name name the people that you don't think represent you they don't get specific right, right. they don't have marches saying you know we're against this well so we have to fight it we have to fight it ourselves and we have to we have to uh, make sure what happened with Dell does it, I wrote the guy from Dell who I don't remember his name right now but uh, at the time when they backed down you know and, and they mm-hmm. they not only rehired these people. You know, I think that you know the thirty Muslims that walked off because they weren't able to get their their prayer time, but they gave them an undisclosed settlement, mm. 
and, and, you know, a lot of other benefits. And I called him directly and I said, you know, as a tax, as a, a stockholder of Dell, I, I'm curious, how much is this undisclosed settlement? <laughs> And he said, well, he says, you know, we're, you know, people are allowed to pray. He says, you know, we have a nursing mother rooms and he's trying to, I, I said, well, maybe you could have the Chabad come in, you know, and, yes. and, and, and have, um, you know, let them pray, you know, behind the, the, the nursing mother room. I mean, this is, this is ludicrous. This is, yes. this is our companies. Yeah, so, especially at a time when uh, it seems that even the high holidays, Jewish high holidays, aren't as respected in terms of getting time off or things being closed as, as they used to be. Um, but, you know, one thing I want to point out as a, as a psychiatrist, I, I want to um, add to what you're saying by pointing out um, to all of you that, uh, you know, what Arlene is calling for and what I'm essentially calling for, that we do need to speak out about these things with our votes, with our letters to, to politicians, with marches, with any kind of, uh, with joining organizations that are involved in these kinds of things. But... The important thing is to do it now rather than waiting like for Holland next year. In Belgium. Well, and well, Paris, well, that right. But not just that. I mean, yes, before we're overwhelmed by the numbers. But not just that. I mean, before we're psychologically overwhelmed. If there's another terrorist attack, when there's another terrorist attack when, on yeah. our soil, yeah. um, and the more terrorist attacks that there are going to be, the more... Um, psychologically compromised we're all going to be and we're not going to be able to fight back as well at that time. So the time to do these things is now when you're not as depressed as you will be, not as out of touch with reality as you will be, not as numb, um, not as anxious, but to do these things now while you have uh, a more optimal, but you have to fight it also, you know, in a logical way because we—they're we, not like us. These terrorists are not like us that we can negotiate with. The only thing they understand is power, and I'm saying when you have power, you know, against this, this gets to the, this gets their attention. Uh, it's not going to work as long as we sit there and do this politically correct thing and say, well, if we just be nice to them and spread love and stand there and you know uh, paint you know paint peace signs on on. Uh, cards as they go by, this doesn't work. You've got to fight power, you know, with with this. Otherwise, uh, it's... Well, you're not saying necessarily with with um, war, are you? We are in a war. This, well, I mean, this... you're not saying with you're not saying with arms or being. Um... Oh, yeah, I am. I, yeah, I, I am. I tell you that right now, and I know it's going to happen in Israel when something so terrible happens that we have pushed on these poor people. Uh, I, I, I think Israel should go in, I mean, now, because there's no excuse to say, well, they didn't have their land and this and that. And when this happens, I think every time they have a terrorist attack, I think Israel should drop, drop flyers and say, okay, the next time this happens, and it will happen again, we're taking 10% of this land back and move them out. Move them out, period. And the yeah. next time it happens, take another 10%. I mean, you know, I, I mean, these are things that could get, I remember, I think it was Custer or, or back, you know, back 50 years ago, they had terrorists. And uh, he, he took, 40 to 50 of the terrorists tied up 49 and then built a big moat around him, you know, where where uh, he filled with pig entrails and, and, you know, pig and all this pig blood. And and then they shot these terrorists and they put them in this, you know, this, this moat around and they buried them and they covered them up and they let one loose. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't have terrorism for a lot of years. I mean, look who coined the word terrorism. Did we ever know from terrorism? I mean, remember when they first took the planes and they, they saw, oh, gee, this works. Yeah, we saw those three well, yes, and I guess that's one of the important things also that we should close with that you talk about in your columns, 
that giving up this land, and it seems so obvious to me, um, that this, this is only going to, to encourage terrorists, terrorists. Palestinians, exactly. to think that we can get more. Oh, we got the West Bank and, and the Gaza Strip now. Great. So now we can move in Haifa too. Exactly, and Jerusalem, and and yeah, and it, that, that's just, the sad part. people too. Also, Jerusalem has always under the Israelis. You know, Israel has always had Jerusalem as an open city for all. Creeds, all you know, Muslim, Jewish, yeah. you know, everything has always been open. It wasn't until it was I remember before they had it under you know uh, Jewish, uh, I would say rule. It was it was totally closed. Jews couldn't get into their places. It was totally look how they trashed. They trashed the church nativity, and who yes, did anything? Yes, yes, I know. That's very very sad. All right. Well, let me. Uh, we, we sort of have unfortunately run out of time. I want to give out your website again. My guest Arlene Peck. And her website is, surprisingly enough, ArlenePeck.com, which is A-R-L-E-N-E-P-E-C-K.com. And her email address is BestRedhead at Earthlink.com. No, Best, at Earthlink.net. I'm sorry, at Earthlink.net. Yeah. Best, B-E-S-T-R-E-D, Head, H-E-A-D, at Earthlink.net. And if you'd like to send uh, emails voicing your opinion to me, it's uh, drcarol at earthlink.net, which is D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E at earthlink.net. And Arlene, you know, it's, it's, these are obviously, uh, these are issues that span <laughs> many, many uh, uh, years. So it's hard to sort of um, talk about it all in one hour, but I, you've done a great job of uh, showing us the highlights, pointing out some things that... Unfortunately, it should have been obvious and uh, not only be, be obvious to the people who are making these decisions, but uh, they should have the courage to act on what's right, and they don't seem to be going in the right direction, but hopefully we can all change them before it's totally too late. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank God there are people like you that are giving these shows. Well, thank you thank for having you. me. Thank you. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And you've been listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.